grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting to me that in the last uh, couple of chapters, Jesus depicts and plays out these parables for us. Some we've been following and some we haven't. Last week, the shrewd manager. Uh, between that, uh, before that was the uh, prodigal son, and then we have today's parable of the rich man. All include the use of money in one way or another. And it's fascinating to me because scripture uses the word money more than the word faith and the word prayer. And I think our Lord is on to something, isn't he? in the sense of what we may hold near and dear to our hearts from time to time. Well, Jesus is depicting this parable and explaining and proclaiming it to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees believed at that time that they were very rich, whether it was financially or spiritually. They believed they were people who had kept the law and were the example for everyone to follow. Sounds pretty old-fashioned but not really. You know, we kind of, there's some similarities here with our human nature in everything that we do. And let me give you an example. For one, I think sometimes those of us who are older, you look at your life and you're doing fine, pro you're prosperous, you've got a lot of possessions, you got a great uh, uh, <clears throat> refund, uh, retirement fund, and you look back and you go, you know, I made the right choices in life. I did well, I was clever, I was smart, and I worked hard. That's wrong. From a Christian's perspective, it's just wrong. I mean, yes, it may be true in the sense of you've worked hard, but number one, who gave you the ability to work? You see, we don't, God does not give us blessings because we're good. He just blesses us flat out with the blessings of possessions and house and home and all of the rest. Money, money matters to us. God gives it to us as a tool to use. Who's going to teach us about our use of money? And really, who's going to teach us about the true riches of our lives? You know, we just talked about this Dave Ramsey class coming up. Or excuse me, it's here. And Dave Ramsey's a great instructor. But Dave Ramsey will point always to the one who teaches us about the true riches in Jesus Christ. So remember, money is not the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil in the sense of it producing greed and what have you. Our Old Testament lesson this morning depicts people who really had left God's side and out of their wealth had left God and, and really left their fellow man and taking care of their fellow man. And in our gospel lesson today, we find the story of a rich man who has all the finest attire. He is the picture-perfect, self-indulgent individual we could ever meet. Money. You know, I know money doesn't speak, but in a way it does to us. And it lies. It lies. It gives us the feeling 
of security around our lives. And I think that's why we love to save money. We like to accumulate money. But you know what? Money can never love us back. Money can never produce true joy in our life, nor fulfillment or contentment. And Paul was so right when he told his brother in the faith, Timothy, for we brought nothing into this world and we will take nothing out. So again, who's going to teach us about the riches of God? The Pharisees, maybe the Pharisees. But you know, all the deeds that the Pharisees performed, they really, in essence, covered up their hearts, which was full of greed. And Jesus said in our text, he says, Beware of the teachers of the law. Such men will be punished most severely. They thought they could stand before God. They thought that they could stand before God with their own righteousness. And Jesus, and think about it for a minute, and this is more of a cultural thing, but at that time of Christ, really that's how it was perceived. If you were rich in any way, shape, or form, it was as though God was showing favor to you. If you were poor or handicapped, you were being punished by God. So Jesus put an end to this conversation, and he simply told the Pharisees to repent. I just love it when he just cuts to the chase. Yeah, just repent. Get it over with. You know, you're obviously not doing God's work. You're doing your own, so repent. Did you note at all in the parable, did you note that the rich guy was, was really pretty decent to the beggar? I mean, he didn't harass him. He didn't kick him away from the gate. He didn't stop allowing him to eat the, the table scraps from his table. So what was this man's sin? It wasn't what he did. It's what he didn't do. You see, to this man, the beggar was simply landscape. He was simply around him and he had no responsibility toward him he was not moved by faith to help with anything that this beggar needed so it wasn't what he did it wasn't it was what he didn't do so jesus is i told you once before that jesus is directing the parable to the pharisees but he's directing the parable to each one of us today you see, this parable really has everything to do with the laws of God. And the Pharisees were building and basing their lives upon the laws of God. And, and the laws of God would state, you help your neighbor. But he speaks to us, too, about us helping our neighbors. And God wants us to see this as a mirror for us. You know, I, I'm going to ask you and think in your mind. Over this weekend, how many homeless people or beggars have you seen? People on the intersection with signs, regardless of their motive. People who are asking for help. You know, it kind of gets to where we can't number them, can't we? Isn't it? And you know, I understand and truly, I'm, I, you got to remember, this is part of me as well as you. When it comes to helping these people, sometimes I think, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the enabler. Well, I've got my grandkids with me. We can't do that. 
You know, I got an appointment to make. You see, we all have the same excuses. So we're, in a sense, just like the Pharisees. And how many times in my life, in your life, have we just failed God at what he expects of us? You see, that's the dilemma that the laws play in our life. The dilemma of the law is it's impossible, even though we're held accountable, to keep in it. And that's why God sent to us Jesus. Who's going to help us? Who's going to teach us what to do with the riches God has given to us? None other than Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so now here comes the, the question that's got to be answered by every one of us today is, who is your master? <laughs> that's it, really. Who is your master? It's got to be Jesus Christ and none other than him. You see, the rich man, the rich man, his wealth was his master. And what that did is his wealth turned his vision inward to just think about himself. Inevitably, the rich man went to hell. And why? Not because he was rich, but he failed to repent. He failed to say, God, I blew it. God, I need help. I need your help. So Jesus now reveals himself to each one of us through his life. He reveals the riches, the fact that Christ, who, was, who had all the wealth in, in not on the world, but the universes, he held the universe in his hands. He became poor for you and for me and for everyone else. On your behalf, Jesus chose not to be wealthy. He chose to be poor. He, he didn't have a car, never owned a home, never had any stocks, had no portfolio. But he revealed himself in his love. He revealed himself in his forgiveness for you and me. And he revealed himself ultimately on the cross. You see, he gives us the ability to seek the kingdom of God as we are pointed to the cross and to the empty tomb of Jesus. Jesus defeated death. He has vanquished the powers of hell away from you and me in our baptism and through the faith he's instilled in our lives. And finally, one other thing. You know, Jesus, think about this. Jesus was cut off from the Father. And you say to yourself, well, isn't he part? Isn't he God the Father at the same time? Yes, he is. But when he was on the cross dying for you and me, he said, Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He cut himself off from his Father so you and I could be connected to our Father forever and ever. Christ, in closing, teaches us now to live our life with eyes of faith. Faith in that which we have not seen, faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And these eyes of faith do something else. 
they enable us to see each and every day the times we have become a bit self-centered, times that maybe we have dwelt on our possessions. And then the Holy Spirit, which lives in each of us, drives us to our knees in repentance. And then we are lifted up by the grace and the almighty love of God the Father through the work of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>